Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that, for over four years and across 200 episodes, has always been about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. So you guys, this is it, episode 200 of Sorta Awesome. You guys, I cannot believe it. (laughs) Yay, that's amazing. If I had planned better, I would have a confetti cannon aimed at me to shoot confetti right now. (laughs) I feel like I need something to mark this moment because this is so huge. I cannot believe we're finally here. In fact, I distinctly remember when we got to episode 50, 5050, I felt like, oh my gosh, we've been doing this for a long time. And look at us now. I know. Well, it did feel like a long time then. It did. I told somebody this last week that we were coming up on 200 episodes and they were like, oh my gosh, you're like the grandma. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of true. Meg Teets, you were into podcasting before all the cool kids were. Oh, well, I don't know about that. But I guess we've transitioned in life from being like the cool big sister podcast to now <laughs> the grandma. <laughs> we're the funky fun grandma. That's though. right. Definitely. For sure. So today we are all about celebrating ourselves and our community. We have been creating this show, like I said, for over four years. It is some of the most rewarding, fulfilling, inspiring work that I've ever done. So thank you, every single one of you, whether you are brand new to Sorta Awesome or if you've been here since episode one. And if you have been here since episode one, bless your heart. But truly, thank you all so much for showing up week after week to listen, to respond, to build a community, to just be in the trenches of life with us, and to continue to be the awesome that you want to see in the world. We love that you have been known to refer to us as just your friends, to your husbands, your partners, your sisters, and your best friends. And we would be thrilled if you keep telling people around you how much you love Sorta Awesome. And if you'd invite them to be part of this awesome nation too, it's very easy to do. Either help them look us up in their podcast app, or you can just send them on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com. Okay, friends, episode 200. As you have heard, I am joined today by both of my longtime and at times long-suffering co-hosts <laughs> who have been here from the start. Also long-winded. You forgot long-winded. <laughs> All three of us extroverts are the ones who are still hanging (laughs) in doing this. (laughs) So true. And we still have more words, you guys, believe it or not. So Kelly Gordon, hello and welcome to episode 200. Hello. Hi, awesomes. And Rebecca Hoffer, hi and how are you? Ah, good. So happy to be here. And of course, we would not be who we are and where we are today without our sort of awesome alumna who is off. To new adventures, making great things in the world, Laura Tremaine. She's not here today, but we are definitely raising a glass of, well, non-alcoholic champagne for me, but we're <laughs> raising a glass in celebration of Laura as well. So 
On this episode, this week, you guys, we're going to do a deep dive into a topic that we have been kicking around behind the scenes for a while now. It has come up multiple times in our off-mic conversations. It comes up so often that we figured it was time to just go ahead and put it on the air. We want to talk about discovering and developing our hidden strengths, or as I like to call them, our emerging strengths. Things that we maybe either we know we do them well, but we tend to keep them hidden from the people around us for various reasons, or maybe even parts of our lives that we might think of as weaknesses. But when we examine them in a new light, it turns out that it actually brings strength and goodness to our lives. So Kelly and Rebecca and I are all three of us. We're going to be exploring that idea. But first, we're going to start the show the way we always do with some awesomes of the week. but. We wanted to put a different spin on it for this, our 200th episode. You all know that every single week for all of these episodes, we have shared with you our awesomes of the week, the things that were making life awesome, whether they were recipes or books or podcasts, products, even skincare techniques. So we thought we would go on a trip down memory lane. We asked in our sort of awesome hangout group for you all to kind of informally vote on some of your very favorite awesomes of the week through the years. We're going to kind of count these down a little bit. So Kelly, why don't you get us started on this sort of like third place? Again, this was very informal, you guys, but the awesome of the week that came in third place is one that's near and dear to your heart and now beloved by many and awesome. It is. Here's the funny thing is that when I threw this recipe out, you know, it's a recipe, guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew that. It's going to be a recipe for me. I had just discovered it as well. So it is the salted caramel oatmeal cookie from episode 118. It is the perfect cookie for fall, but I really think that you could make it at any time. No one's going to refuse this cookie anytime that you make it, anywhere you bring it. It is an oatmeal cookie that also has these little caramel bits in it. And then after you get done cooking it, you sprinkle salt on top. It is divine. You guys, if you haven't yet tried it, I know that probably judging from comments in the superstars and the regular hangout group, I would say probably a good 90% of the awesomes have made these at some point. (laughs) There are pointers like people will say when they find these caramel bits in the store, somebody will sometimes be like, I found the caramel bits, you guys go to Target right now, go get the caramel bits because sometimes they're hard to find. But if you have not, or you're a new awesome, it deserves its spot here in the awesomeness of awesome because of how good of a cookie it is. It really is fantastic. Yeah, so good. Believe it or not, I have not tried these because I do feel like they would be dangerous to me and to my household. (laughs) They are dangerous. And we said this back then, but you have to use parchment paper for them. So I know some people are like, oh, I'm gonna go buy parchment paper. But otherwise, the caramel sticks your cookie sheet and all you end up with are crumbs. Very, very tasty crumbs. But still, it's worth it. It does take work, and then you have to resist not eating the entire batch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, also, side note, in that episode 118, the name of that episode is The Critical Thing You Aren't Getting. Kelly and I did that episode. My awesome of the week that week, you guys, was my amazing magical snail cream for your face. (laughs) Not a single awesome mentioned (laughs) the revolutionary power of snail cream. (laughs) As one of their favorites, my feelings are very hurt. Poor snail cream. Poor snail cream. It's hard to compete with salted caramel oatmeal cookies. That's all. Won't someone remember the snails? (laughs) Remember the snails. Remember the snails? Is this like remember the Alamo? Yes. Remember the snails. Oh my word. That's a hashtag for this episode. There we go. Yes. Okay, Rebecca, why don't you reveal for us what the second place most voted on Awesome of the Week was from all of these awesomes through the years? That was from episode four oh Oh, my my word episode four isn't it amazing all these people have been listening to us for 200 episodes that they could remember episode four i know in episode four the title of that podcast was awesome podcasts and books for babes and meg your awesome of the week was the popcast and i was on that episode with you and i remember you introducing us to the Popcast. Popcast spelled P-O-P-C-A-S-T. The Popcast is a podcast hosted by 
Knox and Jamie, where they analyze pop culture. They have a little bit of snark, a whole lot of humor. It is such a fun podcast. And I have fallen in love with them. Thanks to you sharing it way back in episode four. And clearly the awesomes have as well. It is a much beloved podcast, a podcast that we love to refer to as our sister show. And we're just so proud of Knox and Jamie and all the success that they have had. Totally. They really have become dear friends of ours. In fact, they invited me to be part of their live show in Dallas back in 2017. So I got to hang out with them in real life. And Kelly got to meet them. She was there as well. They are just as magnetic and charming and hilarious Mm -hmm. as Uh you would even dare to dream that they would be. So not only showed up on our list of favorites through the years, but that it ranked so high. So, so fun. I know. Also, episode four. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That was a long time ago. (laughs) Yes, it was. Single digits. Single Single digit episodes. Okay. well, I'm going to reveal the number one most memorable, most life changing Awesome of the week. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised because this is one of the most talked about segments we've ever had on Sort of Awesome. The Awesome actually came to us from our former co-host, Laura Tremaine, who on episode 26, The Truth About Anxiety, which again, is one of our most downloaded, most listened to shows ever. Her Awesome of the Week that week, if you'll remember, was shaving her face. Mm-hmm. It was a revolutionary <laughs> concept at the time. And we talked about that. It was kind of hilarious for Laura and I, because we had really thought about how to approach the topic of living with anxiety. And it was our first like kind of serious show. We were so nervous about it. And (laughs) initial feedback and response was not so much about the anxiety part. It was about the face shaving (laughs) part. So many awesomes were like, oh, wait. Do I need to shave my face? Everybody ran to the mirror. Yes, (laughs) that is so true. Everyone ran to the mirror. Everyone started asking the people around them, do you think I should actually go ahead and shave my face? Like, look at this very carefully. Tell me the truth. Should I shave? And she was talking about not only just like the sort of peach fuzz removal part, but also the benefits of exfoliating that way in general. Mm -hmm. I'm super curious. Have either of you ever tried taking a razor to your face? Yes and no. Okay, so I haven't done my entire face, but I have done a little upper lip maintenance, but it's like so sporadic. I think I've done it like, I don't know, maybe three times total in my whole life. Basically, I'm still at the mirror asking myself, do I need to shave my face? (laughs) I really am. (laughs) Well, see, and I think I've just embraced it. I think I did a story last summer, maybe where I actually did in a salon. I think, what do they call it? dermablading yes which is basically shaving your face yes like as if you were an old time in a hairdresser where they would put the lather on your face and then like a hot towel <laughs> yeah like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon that's what I'm picturing right 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 that's kind of what we did only in a nicer more glamorous environment but I think that that showed me like one of the things that Laura said in that awesome of the week is If you need to shave your face, you know it. If you're asking, do I need to shave my face? You probably don't need to. But I feel like I've crossed that bridge. Like I am one of those people who I'm like, yeah, I have blonde hair, so it's not as obvious, but there is definitely a difference. And so again, our show, Laura specifically with this awesome, was ahead of the trend. It was the first time I'd ever heard of face shaving. If anybody has ever been to our website and you see that when we have our show notes, we have this woman with a whole big thing of shaving cream on her face. And you're like, well, that's a weird image for a podcast. (laughs) This is why, because it was so (laughs) funny. And we talked about it ad nauseum for weeks on end. But here we are, we all know, it's like a thing now in culture. It's not as uncommon as it was back then. Laura educated all of us. Absolutely. I'm like Rebecca, I've tried it once or twice, mostly to do some upper lip care and maintenance type things. But I'll tell you what, she's probably gonna kill me for saying this, but my 14 year old, who has her father's sort of like DNA in terms of, you know, just thick, thick hair and all of those types of things. She has done her upper lip with it. She used YouTube videos. I mean, you can find a bazillion of them to kind of teach herself how to do it. So it's totally a thing. You're absolutely right. Laura let us in on the secret early so we could all feel a little bit ahead of the curve on face shaving. Mm -hmm. I'm super curious as you guys looked at that list, were there any sort of honorable mentions that you all wanted to call out either your own awesomes or somebody else's? 
Well, I was super thrilled to see Younger ranking so high on the list. You guys, I spoke so highly of the show Younger last year. It was first my Awesome of the Week in November of 2018, episode 169. And I loved it so much that I mentioned it again in like our best of year end roundup shows that we always do in December. Like just the very next month, I had to say something about it again. I'm thrilled that so many of you voted for it, but it was not enough. Guys, I... (laughs) (laughs) It was not enough. Rebecca's like, I'm on a crusade. I'm so passionate about this show. It is funny. It is sexy. It's on Hulu. Everybody needs to watch it. (laughs) Kelly, Meg, I'm looking at both of you. I know you haven't. I know you haven't. Listen, I have a wow. There's major side eye coming right now. I know she's looking at us very sternly. You guys, you should know very sternly, like a librarian when you're like, I lost the book. She's looking at us like, how could you? I don't know what you guys are doing with your lives. Growing children, going back to work full time. Pshaw, ridiculous. I have so many hours of just being snuggled up with a newborn and nothing to do except watch TV. So I have really been saving this one. I will keep it at the top of your list for sure. Kelly, what about you? I know you've mentioned a few things that kind of have changed people's lives. Did you have any sort of honorable mentions from the list? Well, people mentioned the salsa chicken tacos that you can make in a slow cooker, which I mean, (laughs) they're foundational in my life. So I was like, well, yeah, of course. They're just on my menu all the time. They're on a lot of, I know, Awesome's menus. I hear about it all the time. So that's one that did not surprise me at all. I will tell you one that I think if I was going to be voting just for me, the episode that we did called Leaning Into the Squirm, wasn't it episode mm-hmm. 99 about yeah. how to talk to your kids about sex? I think that might be the episode that I've recommended the most. Now, it wasn't like an awesome of the week, but it's just one of those things that we have done yeah. over the history of 200 episodes that I may be most proud of and I feel like is so beneficial, educational. It is done with the spirit of the awesome community. I just love that one. So good. Such a great episode, truly. As I was looking over the list, of course, people mentioned some of my various maxi dress recommendations, especially the ones that have Mm -hmm. pockets. But one that stood out was red lipstick, which I am a huge, huge fan of. I'm definitely a disciple of Laura Tremaine's when it comes to this, because she brought it into my life with a tube from NARS that's in the shade of Rita, which is a beautiful, beautiful shade. And I think my actual awesome of the week in talking about this was, and this is the one I recommend everybody try. I think it looks great on everyone. And it's a little bit lower price point than NARS is from the Fenty beauty line. Fenty is the beauty line started by Rihanna and the shade Madame. I think it looks fantastic on everyone. So I was excited to see that it ranked as high as it did. So anyway, that is our trip down memory lane for some of our favorite awesomes through the years. But we will definitely be opening up the floor this week as we always do on Fridays. Free to share with us what's awesome in your life, or if you want to give us your favorite sort of like callback awesome of the week that has really meant something in your life, we'd love to hear that too. So you can find us doing that over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show, or as always, we'll be in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Awesomes, believe it or not, this month, Kyle and I are celebrating our 21st wedding anniversary. And since we got married over two decades ago, you know that all of our wedding memories are only in print, crammed into a wedding album that we only get out once a year. But it was super important to us to have those wedding memories actually be available digitally so that our kids and grandkids and generations to come can go back and revisit those memories anytime. And now they can, thanks to Legacy Box. Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box and they've been doing this work for over a decade. All of the work is done by hand right here in the USA. I absolutely love how Legacy Box makes this process so easy. You simply pack up your Legacy Box filled with all of your old memories that you want to have digitized, and they do the rest. They professionally digitize your moments onto a thumb drive, a digital download, or a DVD. Their instructions are so easy to follow and you do get all of your original recorded moments back along with those perfectly preserved digital copies. You guys, this is the best time of year to digitally preserve your memories. And you can do that by going to LegacyBox.com today to get started. And 
for a limited time, they're offering you awesomes an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash awesome to get 40% off of your first order. That's LegacyBox.com slash awesome. You're going to get 40% off today. Get started now preserving your past. Awesomes, we all know that getting fit and staying healthy always is a little easier said than done. OpenFit understands that, and that's why they're bringing you something new that makes it even easier to never miss a workout session. OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. Everyone's bodies are different, and OpenFit gets that. They have personalize these workouts to your needs with custom tailored original content. They offer amazing trainers and classes. The best thing about OpenFit that I love so much is that you can access it anywhere at any time. View it on your computer, your web-enabled TV, your tablet, your smartphone, and like me, on your Roku. You're going to get results you can see. And once again, you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. OpenFit has totally changed the way I think about working out. And with our code AWESOME, you can join us on a fitness journey that's personalized just for you. Again, use our code AWESOME and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, you awesomes get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text AWESOME to 303030. Again, you're going to get full access to OpenFit, all those workouts and the nutrition information totally free. Just text AWESOME, A-W-E-S-O-M-E, to 303030. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we really have been thinking about this. It's a conversation that comes up on our team behind the scenes a lot in our sort of debrief about some of the different episode topics that we've talked about and what those might develop into for future episodes. And so we've been kind of thinking for a while about how can we talk about strengths in a way that is truly awesome and goes beyond the sort of typical thing. Most of us can look at our lives and a few things come to mind that other people around us might identify as strengths. But we're really interested in what are those ones that we tend to keep hidden or that we've never even really given ourselves really permission to view as a strength? Kelly, you were sharing with us a story from way back in your high school years that really exemplifies this whole kind of concept. Right. Honestly, you guys, this is the funny thing about this topic and the reason that we are celebrating it on episode 200 is that even right now, this story that I'm going to share is so old that it makes me kind of squirm to say it. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Like when we're saying this is a strength of mine. So here's the story is that in high school, academics was easy for me. I'm not saying that I was a brilliant person, although I do think I tested in Games Magazine into high school Mensa. (laughs) But I would never have said that then. And that's kind of the point of the story. Academics came easy. I usually got straight A's. And especially by the time you get in high school, when everybody's looking to how to differentiate themselves, that became a differentiator that I did not want. I did not want to be the nerd. I did not want to be the smart girl. So I started to answer questions wrong on my tests, specifically because those would get handed back out in class. And so everybody'd be like, what did you get? Of course you got an A. So I would answer questions wrong because I didn't want my smartness to show. Mm. Which if my kid told me that, I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? Especially a girl. (laughs) Like, you know. No, you're not going to be doing that. But I think that that is what we're addressing today. The danger of saying, here is something about me that because of some sort of an expectation or outside force that I've internalized, I'm going to try to hide. Mm-hmm. But yet it is possibly one of your big strengths and something that you really could bring forth. And in fact, the world needs it. So we want to celebrate those. We are saying, you know what? We are going to be unapologetic. This is who I am. These are the things that make me me, and I think they're awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So each of us have really been reflecting on this and thinking about how this shows up in our lives. And so, Kelly, why don't you just kind of keep the ball rolling and tell us about one that you've been thinking about. (laughs) You put yourself in the hot seat. You did this to yourself. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man, my palms are sweating. No, I think that's good. I think it's true. When I was thinking about this, because we were like, okay, let's each kind of try to think of two examples. 
it was hard even talking to myself, you know, like even going into my own mind, it is a very uncomfortable thing to be able to be like, you know what I really do well is. (laughs) Right. And something that is just natural for us. So, okay, here's my first one is I am exceedingly optimistic and I can reframe any situation like a boss. Yes. So that can be a strength. I, all my life, have been aware of how it is perceived by other people, especially in a culture that prizes cynicism and snark. Not that I can't be snarky, but, you know, like this idea of like, oh, well, why would you hope? Why would you believe in something? Kind of this optimistic, it will be well sort of thing. What is there? Oh, do you not even grieve? Do you not give people the space? So I have tried to tamp it down. I think the message is really you're too much. Mm, right? Yes. That's kind of what we're hearing with some of these, because if we're saying this is something that I naturally bring to the table, it is something that is big in me. What people say is, well, I can't handle too much of that. Mm. Yes. So So I have often tried to, in fact, oh my word, in high school, as I'm trying to fit in, which is not untypical for teenagers, but I, at one point had, and they were fantastic friends. I hung out with all of these kids who were very punk in the 80s. So they're like punk Christians, but like mohawks and ripped jeans and piercings. And then there's me, you guys, if you've never seen me, I am not that. (laughs) I've never been that. I am blonde. I am white. I'm petite. But I tried, darn it. I was like, I am so edgy. I wore, I'm not kidding you. I wore safety pins in my ears. Oh my gosh. I never have heard this story before. Instead of earrings, I mean, my ears are already pierced. It wasn't like I was going to get crazy and add a new hole, but I'm going to wear safety pins as well as peg my jeans with the safety pins. Of course, yes. I tried to wear all black and like put on as much. I mean, I probably had like a wet and wild black eyeliner. Yes, <laughs> that yes. I bought for 99 cents at Target. I tried really hard to be like, I'm so dark and yeah. deep like Batman, you know, in the Lego movie. Really? That's not me. Yeah, you're sunshine. You're not dark. You're sunshine. Yes, I'm like totally imagining this like surfer girl trying to masquerade as goth and it is cracking me up so You've got the image. (laughs) That is exactly the image. And here's the funny thing. I look back at my friends then. They didn't need me to be like that, you know? (laughs) I think one of the great things about that movement of like being punk in the right context is like, we're accepting. Like, we just want you to be who you are. Right. You don't have to be like us. So for sure, at least my friends, they didn't care right. that I was actually going to be wearing a kitten t-shirt <laughs> to our gatherings <laughs> instead of, you know, some dark metal yes. meth band yes. sort of thing. Anyway, I remember doing that and like trying to tamp down my natural happiness, my joy of life. It probably hasn't been until my late 30s, early 40s when I've just been like, you know what, though? I do want to give people room to grieve. I certainly do think deeply. I think that might be something that people, when they look at me on one surface, then I bring up some topic and I like to talk about deep things. I do reframe everything. I can see now it is a gift. It's something that I do need to be aware of, but it's something that I do and it's just natural. It's one of those things that I was born with and I'm glad I have it. Yes, so good. Oh my goodness. And just thinking about how much you bring to this show into our community with that and the way you really model that for people has been so pivotal. I mean, it's been really, really powerful in my own personal life, but I absolutely can speak to the fact that it has been very powerful for our community as well. Thank you. Glad about that. All right, Rebecca, how about you? Well, one thing that I am really good at is taking time for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my mind, it can easily translate into me feeling like, well, I am lazy. I'm not motivated. I am not that great at keeping my house tidy and clean because I'm too self-indulgent. You know, in Mm. the middle of the afternoon for nap time, I would rather take a time out and watch a couple YouTube videos or watch something on Netflix than be scrubbing my kitchen floor. But I have come to realize that I really need this break in the middle of my day. So ever since my kids have been little, little, and I now also have a two-year-old who is still napping, 
I really do take a break in the middle of the afternoon to watch a show, to scroll Instagram or YouTube. That's oftentimes when I will maybe do some work for Sort of Awesome or for Simply Rebecca stuff, which is work, but it's life-giving in like a different way other than parenting and homemaking. And I found that, you know, my husband, he works a lot and there will be seasons where he might be gone in the evenings. Those times in particular, I look at the calendar and I know that I need to be extra careful to be self-indulgent during nap time. I need to even resist the urge to do online work and I need to really focus on zoning out. Because here's the thing, this means that my house is not as clean as maybe even I would prefer it to be, but I'm happier this way. Yes, yeah. I have more patience. It makes me a better wife and a better parent. Overall, I am just better. We've had this kind of movement here, even in sort of awesome of this phrase that we've talked about a lot, that self-care is not selfish. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I struggle with. Meg, I remember you posted a while back on Instagram, something about you being intentional about forcing yourself to lay down on Sunday afternoons and how hard that is for you. It is. And I was like, I cannot relate to that at all. <laughs> like there's dishes in my sink. Like, okay, I'll get to them later. Like I, I'm done. I need to lay down. I need a mental break. It's just something that I've just come to realize is A, not as easy for other people as it is for me, but that's okay. And B, it really is beneficial for me. It might look like a weakness in other areas in terms of how I'm prioritizing my housekeeping, but really my mental health affects the family in so many other deeper ways. And this is how I achieve better mental health. There are probably other people and other parents that they achieve their mental health by having tidier space. And when their space is chaotic, they feel chaotic. That's just not how I'm wired. I feel chaotic when I'm smothered with tasks all the time. And so I need to press pause on the tasks, eat my lunch alone, not have somebody touching me, not answering questions. Like I need to press pause on the tasks. And that's what makes me feel better and then makes me a happier person. So true. Well, and here's why I would say that's a strength, Rebecca, is that I'm thinking back to the burnout episode that we did just this spring. And in that book, Amelia and Emily, who are twin sisters, said that they are different in this. And Emily said that she more instinctually understood the need for self-care and how we're not only wired differently, but like how we need this and our culture does not value it. And Amelia like literally ended up in the hospital. Because even though she's her twin sister, she pushed and pushed and pushed until she had a mental breakdown mm -hmm. because she didn't instinctually get it. So what I'm hearing you say is, even though our culture doesn't value it, you value it. And what you're doing is really the self-awareness, which is so amazing. Even having the self-awareness to say, hey, maybe everybody doesn't need this, but I do. And I'm unapologetic about saying, this is who I am. And I'm going to claim this for myself. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It really is important to me. And I've worked it into the structure of my family. So as my kids have transitioned out of nap time, we have instituted a quiet time. I just love it. <laughs> I, just, I just love it so much. <laughs> I love quiet time. I will say, even before we started Sort of Awesome, when you and I knew each other as colleagues in the blogging world, I remember early on you talking about how important quiet time was for your kids. And you just like did it. It was a non negotiable in the Hoffer household that once you stop napping, that's fine, but you are still going to have quiet time. And I really admired that so much. I was like, why have I never done this? I need that time too, but I've never followed through the way you have. And that's definitely a strength of yours for sure. Let me just pause and say that even the fact that we are doing episode 200 of Sort of Awesome right now feels like a personal celebration for me in the sense that podcasting in general has been almost like a redemptive thing for mm -hmm. me based on a couple of things. One of those being that many, many, many years ago, when I was probably late elementary years, a children's choir director at our church made an offhand comment, and I've mentioned this on the show, but made an offhand comment trying to be funny and passing 
about how very deep my voice is. And he like was really overdramatic about it. And as some kids do, I really took that to heart. And so something that I carried for many years was this idea that there was something wrong with my voice, that it wasn't like a girl's voice or that it was deep. I felt really deep levels of insecurity about my actual voice for years. And it wasn't really until our friend Tisha Oxenreiter, when she was starting what was then the Simple Mom podcast and had asked me to come on for a few episodes, she made a comment, again, kind of offhand in passing, like, gosh, you have a really great voice for podcasting. It's really nice to listen to you when I'm editing this. And I was like, me? (laughs) This voice? (laughs) So that idea that like something that I felt really insecure about and really tried to keep hidden as much as possible as a younger person that now it's my actual job has been very redemptive. And again, just feels like a great celebration as we're sitting here doing 200 episodes of Sort of Awesome. The one that came to mind for me as I was thinking about this is we've talked a few times on the show about the fact that I am definitely what's considered to be a highly sensitive person. If you're not familiar with the concept of highly sensitive people, they are people who cognitively and on a sensory level experience the world differently. They can be a little bit more prone to being overwhelmed or overstimulated by the environment around them. They can be a little bit more sensitive to strong emotions or to even things like violence or difficult plot lines and books or TV shows or whatever. I have really been on a journey with my highly sensitive status because it's very easy in my mind to really focus on what might be considered the weaknesses of being highly sensitive. Again, that capacity to being overwhelmed really easily or getting really, really, really stressed out when there's a lot of time pressure. Even though I'm an extrovert, I really do need time to be completely alone, preferably where it's quiet. All of these things that can make general life difficult. And then even more than that, I have felt a lot of insecurity about it as a parent because I do get overstimulated easily. Like we don't go to amusement parks or things like that because it just gets to be too much. It's very difficult for me to parent and be like present in the way I want to be for my kids in those situations where everything is really overwhelming me and stressing me out. However, one thing that I am learning, and this is a recent part of my journey, is that being really sensitive actually really does have a lot of positive outcomes in parenting. And I'm particularly seeing it in my older girls. Part of being sensitive is being really empathetic and really compassionate to people around you. Again, sometimes that can be a little stressful because sometimes it's hard to draw the line between other people's emotions and my emotions. So I'm working on some of that. But being really tuned in to what my older kids are going through the friend drama, the school stress, and all of those things has helped me to really stay tuned in to my kids' lives at a time when it's natural for kids to want to maybe start to withdraw from their parents. I feel like we've been able to keep that connection strong so far. Knock on all the wood around me, but <laughs> but that sensitivity has allowed me to have so much compassion through the years that my kids know that I am definitely a safe place where they can come and we can kind of process together. And that these big feelings that they have are not things that they have to hide. They don't have to play small when it comes to what some adults may write off as just like, I mean, who cares? It's middle school. Who cares? You'll forget it in a few years. They know that their experiences are going to be valued right here in this moment. And again, it comes naturally to me, so I hadn't really thought about it. But as we started talking about this show, and I just have been really tuned into a lot of things going on in my kids' lives right now, I'm like, you know what? I think this actually might be a good thing in the long run. So most definitely being able to validate your children's feelings is an immense gift to them and to yourself. So I think that's fantastic. Thank you. We'll see. We've still got some years ahead of us, though. So we'll see how this all goes. No, I think it's true. I'm thinking back to the book that you wrote about how to parent through the first year. What's it called? Spirit-led parenting. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Meg doesn't talk about it very much, that she wrote a whole book. Available on Amazon. Yes, this is true. Still is. It's so good. It really is the same philosophy that you're talking about, even though it's maybe more specific for those infant years or year. 
a continuation. What you're talking about is a continuation of that. In some ways, Meg, I read that book back when you wrote it and my kids were a little bit older, but the idea of doing like a more gentle approach to parenting, which is something that comes more naturally to me as well. My kids are a little bit older than you and I'm still seeing the fruit of that. So yeah, I think that what you're doing there, I think you are right. This is a strength. People look at it as a weakness, but you're using it as a strength and it's really who you are and it's shaping so much of what you bring to the world. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. You guys, you know, I've talked about my absolute love for Kapari's aluminum-free coconut deodorant before. I have never found a natural deodorant that works as well as Kapari does. I love that it goes on clear. It smells so good and it even stands up to these hot summer days. I wanted to let you know they've got an amazing new scent called Driftwood and it's the first charcoal deodorant from Kapari. Now, you've heard me talk about the original coconut deodorant, the beach and gardenia scents, and the fragrance-free version. Kapari's new driftwood scent smells like sandalwood and cedarwood with middle notes of zesty clove. It's also made with activated charcoal, which works to dry out sweat and toxins and absorb odor-causing bacteria. It's everything you want in a deodorant. Kapari's coconut deodorant is a cleaner alternative to traditional deodorants. It's aluminum-free, vegan, and it does not contain silicone sulfates, parabens, GMOs, or baking soda. Instead, this deodorant just keeps you fresh with plant-based actives like sage oil and coconut oil. It's perfect if you've got sensitive skin or if you just don't want a bunch of questionable ingredients on your body. Best of all, you never have to worry about running out of deodorant because you can get Kapari automatically shipped to you as often as you choose for free. Plus, Kapari offers a money-back guarantee. So go to kaparibeauty.com awesome to save $5 off of your first deodorant order when you subscribe. That's Kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I beauty.com slash awesome, kaparibeauty.com slash awesome. Awesome's hiring is not as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. When you're juggling hiring with everything it takes to grow your business, it's important that you reach out to the right candidates at the right time. And that's where LinkedIn comes in. More than 650 million members visit LinkedIn every day to make connections, learn and grow as professionals, and discover new job opportunities. In fact, LinkedIn members add 15 new skills to their profiles and apply to 35 job posts every two seconds. Now, that's how they make sure your job post gets in front of people with the right hard skills and soft skills to meet your role requirements. Things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability. LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business. So to get $50 off of your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash awesome. Again, that's linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off of your first job post. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Kelly, what else in your life came to mind as you were thinking about this topic? Listening to you now, I was thinking about, can I say one more thing that's kind of meta picture here? Maybe you guys will relate. I was like, maybe... One of the reasons why this is hard to talk about for women, maybe in particular, is that one, it's enough to try to get to the point where you can recognize your strengths, like having that self-awareness and then reframing it as a strength instead of taking on all of the other baggage that we come in and say, oh, well, that could be perceived this way. It's probably a negative. And being able to say, no, actually, it's a positive. I think that even here in my mid-40s, I know what my strengths are and I'm okay letting them shine and not hiding them. But to name them is even a step further yes. to be able to say, this is who I am and I'm claiming it versus letting it just be yeah. like just showing it, but naming it. It's even a little bit harder, it you guys. It is. I just, it totally is. This is like a therapy session for me today. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yes. You can bill me later, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> One life-changing episode of Sort of Awesome for me is it helped me to recognize the strength. It was episode 85, back when we had on Meredith Schwartz, who is an awesome, and she runs a website called Penelope Loves Lists. And she did a whole episode that is kind of about, in some ways, tangential, but not, about this topic that we're talking about today. She was especially trying to call out people that she calls Penelope's, people who are organized, naturally organized, love to organize, this is the kind of world that they live in. And as she so aptly said, lots of times people who are naturally wired this way get called out for being controlling or type A or you can't relax. 
And she said, no, I started this website to say, I bet there are more people like me out there. And she said, Penelope was kind of our code word for, I get you, I hear you, you're not weird. Yes. I distinctly remember listening to this episode as I was on a treadmill at the Y and like, I almost nodded my head straight flat off. Oh, I was like, yes. There are people like me. This is something that I just naturally do. And in fact, it helped me to recognize it some because both of my daughters are this way as well. So watching them do things and then watching their brothers, coincidentally, not do them and realize that this isn't an innate skill for everybody. Right. Yeah. But it is for some. I was like, oh, this is a thing. Now, our culture especially Western culture, does value this. Our world is built this way. I think it's more difficult for people who are not wired this way to deal with our world. You know, a little bit like what you were saying, Rebecca, I relate to what you're saying where you said, maybe some people are going to come in and say, well, your house is messy. And maybe you even feel the self-pressure of that, but you're valuing what is important to you, which is you need that time to push back in the chaos. And I'm like the opposite. So being able to recognize that this is how I'm wired, I do have to have a kind of picked up clean house. I do have to have my life in order. I have to have my to-do list. I have to have my calendar done. I have to be crossing things off. Like if I'm not doing that, then my head gets really chaotic. So being able to recognize that we are both wired differently, but we both have strengths in our differences and it's okay has been really transformative for me. And I think that that episode with Meredith really sent me down a road of saying, hey, this is something I can celebrate. I can recognize that people look at it. And if my husband really, well, my husband loves to push buttons and he is a master button pusher. So he just knows that if he says something like, well, I'm so sorry, Miss Controlling. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> them slighting words, mister. And then he just walks away with a grin on his face. Yes. Like, <laughs> gotta rise out of her. Because I recognize that that's how it can be seen. We clean our house every week. Now, partly it's because we all have long hair. We are hairy people and we have a border collie and a long hair cap. It's just a lot of hair, you guys. Yes. It's a lot of hair. <laughs> it's a lot. We have named the dust bunnies every week. Like they're there. <laughs> but when my kids say to me, why do we have to clean the house again? I can say, because this is how I'm wired. This is how mom exists. And it takes three hours with all of us working together. This isn't like, oh, my word, it's going to be, you know, the entire weekend has to be given up. And that's really the most it takes if we're all working together. I need this to be able to function in my world. And then when that's done, I can be running everything else. And they don't even know how well I organize their lives because it all has run so seamlessly for so many years. Last night, we were going to Taylor, who is 11 her final choir concert for the year. And somewhere, I still haven't gone back to look it up, but you know I will. I had gotten the location wrong, but I even double-checked it. So somewhere it was written mm -hmm. that it was at the high school and not at this church. So they're right next to each other, but we went as we were driving in and she was in a bad mood anyway. We were driving into the church parking lot and she's like, I think it's here, mom. And I was like, Taylor Janae, I have checked three times. Like, how dare you question the organizer? You know, <laughs> the great Oz behind the curtain. Yes. So we go over to the high school. There are also people entering the auditorium there. She's like, I don't know any of these people. I'm like, get out and go in and check, please. Like, you know, and it's raining and it was cold. So she goes in and my dad is in there and he calls me and he goes, yeah, I don't think this is the place. And I'm like, dang it. And she gets back in and she's like, I told you, mom. And I'm like, I kind of blew up at her. I'm like, I am allowed to be wrong. One time, you know, because they're so not used to me getting anything like wrong. Oh, yeah, it was a thing. And I was a little offended. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm usually on it. You don't even know how well I'm on it. But it is a strength in my family and I, my job, everything benefits from it. And even though sometimes people will be like, well, you're very type A. Type A's keep the world running. It's OK. Yes, it's so true. You know, there's this like meme or I don't know, this like picture art, the saying that's out there. And I'm going to kind of butcher it a little bit, but it's something like messy kitchen, sticky floors, happy kids. And for yep. me, that can be so validating. Like we don't need to fit in this box. Like, yes, your box looks different, but your kids are happy, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really is OK. Exactly. Both scenarios can create a happy, healthy home. Right. And both scenarios have taken too far. Obviously, if you lived in a house of hoarders, your kids aren't going to be happy. And if you live in a house where like you can't even sit down in a chair 
or like walk on the carpet lest you mess up the vacuum lines. Like that's not okay either. But within kind of a healthy medium, we can celebrate our strengths and say, hey, yeah, my kids are fine with their lives. And in fact, when the house gets a little chaotic now, because I probably train them, you know, they get a little chaotic too. So it's okay. I love that, Rebecca. That's good. So good. Okay, Rebecca, what else in your life? Well, my next one is that I am really sentimental. And I think on the surface, this might look like it's okay. But then when you dig like a little bit deeper, it means I can be what some might consider overly emotional. It's really easy for me to get sad about things. (laughs) I can kind of like live in the past a little bit from time to time. You know, there's this sign that I saw online somewhere. I think it was from Hobby Lobby. And it said something like, I'm pretty cool, but I cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, whoa, that is me. That's me. I remember being in the hospital after my oldest was born. And Grace was, I think she was like barely 24 hours old. And I mean, okay, there were some postpartum hormones here going on, but I was crying Mm. because she was going to get bigger. (laughs) I did that, Rebecca. I did that (laughs) after the oldest. Yes, on the way home from the hospital, I started to cry. And I'm like, she's already three days old. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) My husband looked at me like I was insane. He's like, Rebecca, like, she's (laughs) not even 24 hours old yet. hours old. (laughs) It's okay. And she's just going to keep getting older. Don't you understand? (laughs) I know. I know. So I'm sappy. I can cry a lot about milestones. My daughter, Grace, was in a dance recital and I cried throughout her entire performance. I can easily get emotional about missing the younger years. The quote that they say is from Dr. Seuss. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. And I have to tell you, the first time I heard that, I was like, that's so amazing. Like that can be a concept of how you live your life. (laughs) What? So that's like maybe how I viewed this part of myself. But here's where the strength is, is that I really do cherish The Mm -hmm. time that I have and the stages my kids are currently in. My mom gave me some great advice after that oldest of mine was born and I was crying again about her getting older, which is just like a week old. She said, but Rebecca, you know, looking back, I really, truly loved every stage except for potty training. (laughs) She's not wrong. She's like, there was joy and there was wonderfulness in every stage. So I really took that to heart. And so the way that this looks is, you know, I take a ton of pictures. I tell myself all the time, as big as my kids seem right now, in a couple of years, I'm going to look back at this moment and think, oh, they were Mm -hmm. so little. You know, there's those annoying older women in the grocery store that are telling us to embrace it. It goes fast. We're going to miss it. You know, first of all, we're not going to miss all of it. Okay, I don't miss waking up at night. I don't miss potty training, but I am aware of the passing of time. And I think Uh this does help me embrace the moments I am in with my kids. Recently, we went for a walk as a family and the kids were blowing dandelion seeds and racing up and down hills and telling silly jokes. And I stopped and I said to my husband, are you watching this? This moment is precious. In a few years, our family won't look like this. They won't Mm -hmm. be silly in this same way that they are right now. Pay attention. This is a sacred moment. I just, oh, it just fills me with like warm and fuzzies. I'm just trying so hard to just soak it in because otherwise I will be a sobby mess crying on the floor that they're not babies anymore. (laughs) Like you said, you're going to be the one who is aware that they're not going to be babies anymore. I feel like a lot of times we hear people saying that because of their own regret, yes. which is fine. Yeah. You know, they're like, learn from my mistake. Right. But you're saying, not that we're not going to miss it still, but you're not making that mistake to say, oh, they're just so annoying to me right now. I wish time would go faster. Because of your gift of being sensitive and present at the moment, you're really treasuring it as much as anybody's humanly able. Yeah. And I really relate, Rebecca. I'm highly, highly sentimental too. I do that thing that Kelly was saying at the beginning of like being like, this is too much. Like I do that to my own self. Like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is too much. You got to calm down. 
instead of looking at it as like, no, this is helping me really fully engage in these moments. They're not going to last forever, but I can really be here and be present. Also, I can easily flip to the, oh my gosh, how much longer is this phase going to last? But just appreciating it. So I totally relate. Well, yes, of course. And I am not like superwoman, amazing mom all the time here with like enjoying every moment. Trust me, I am not. Uh I'm pretty cool, but I cry a lot. I super love that. I'm okay with it. Well, the last (laughs) one I was thinking about, surprise, surprise, has to do with the Enneagram. (laughs) Mm, I can't wait to hear it. I mean, honestly, truly, let's walk down memory lane from the earliest episodes. We've been talking about the Enneagram here on Sort of Awesome. I've shared many times I'm an Enneagram type nine. And here's a common response to the Enneagram is that when you first start looking at it, and especially when you first land on your type, there's a moment in time where it can be really difficult because the Enneagram asks you to really confront some things that you may not like to see in yourself. And that's really hard. It's good to work through it, but it's not all like happy, clappy, let's build on our strengths all the time. You know what I mean? So one thing that's difficult for me as a nine that I often feel really insecure about is that I so easily see all the sides to every possible issue that I end up feeling like, why can't I just have one solid opinion for once? (laughs) Oh, my word, Meg. I thought the same thing. Oh, my gosh. It drives me crazy. And plus, Kelly, you and I are both ENFPs and Myers-Briggs. Right. That's a strong point for ENFP as well. So I have like a double dose of it. I think that Enneagram 9s tend to be really attracted to some of the more solid types in the Enneagram for either like romantic partnerships or friendships, like types one and five and eight are like really, really solid. They know their opinions and they do not apologize. And I think nines can be really attracted to that. My husband's a five because we can feel so smushy about everything. That's a word I use is I feel smushy because I can just see all of these different perspectives. And I don't even have to think about it. It's just automatically there. But I am growing to a place of really trying to lean in and like ask, what are the strengths of this? I think another part of this component for me that I feel insecure about it is, is that my family of origin, my parents really relied on me to sort of be a peacemaker in our family of origin to like sort of mediate at a time that was really not appropriate, like a teenager or a college kid to be in this role of mediator between parties who had tension between them. So this was a really difficult part of the type nine description for me. When I first read that type nine is a peacemaker, I was like, I don't know what I am, but I'm not that. I was so resistant to (laughs) being the peacemaker because it was such a negative experience for me because of some troubling family dynamics. So I'm sort of like now fully on the other end, looking at it and thinking like, if there is ever a time in this world where there's a call for people to be a mediator, actually, and to take that inborn gift that I have of being able to see and to be able to see without judgment, all of the different things. This is why even like, (laughs) this sounds so terrible. I'm really bad at even like, serial killer stories and you know like really horrible dark things oh meg <laughs> no i'm kind of the same way but i understand where they're coming from and they had a really troubled childhood yes. i'm always like what happened to them because i know something really dark and disturbing and terrible must have happened so instead of immediately going like this is pure evil i'm like what evil happened to them that they are doing these things okay this is something i have either felt insecure about or defensive about my whole life But the way our culture is right now, the way it has been moving, the way it is, and the way it may be moving forward into the future, how can I develop this? This is an emerging strength for me in terms of seeing it as a strength. I've always seen it as like, gosh, I wish I wasn't like this. Gosh, I wish I just could have like one strong opinion that I don't question. I don't see the other components, the other sides. So I'll just finish by saying I'm like in process with this of really seeing that this may be something that Mm. I need to bring to the world around me. So. All right. This has been a fantastic conversation, you guys. I loved every single minute of it. And I'm very, 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 very much looking forward to what our community has to say. Awesome. Amen. 
we demand to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) We've never demanded anything. We demand to hear your strengths and your awesomeness. Yes. You must bring it. You must bring it to follow up discussion. So we will, of course, be in the Hangout talking about this. But Kelly, give everybody a reminder where we can find you all around the web. You can always find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kelly Gordon MN, Minnesota MN, or in the Hangout group or Superstars group or Facebook.com slash Lovewell blog. All right, Rebecca, how about you? You can find my blog at simplyrebecca.com where I talk about homemaking and parenthood and frugal natural living. And then you can also find me all around the web on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Simply Rebecca. All right. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. Don't forget the show's over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime at Facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, 200 episodes. Raise a glass. Cheers. We're doing it. So here's to many, many, many more hours of keeping you company along the way in the future. So thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.